In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betches Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process the biggest topics in news and politics. Today, we're so happy to be joined by Nicole Najafi. She is a screenwriter and satirist who is sharing critical resources about the protest movement in Iran and how the regime is cracking down on participants, which has obviously been a super important and prominent story in the past, I guess, eight weeks now since mid-September, with a lot of really, really disturbing and dark headlines emerging this week as well that I know people have been searching for clarity about. And you have been such a wonderful resource for me, at least, Nicole. So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. So tell us kind of just about your, to get started, your background and your connection to Iran. So I was born in California. Um, My parents were born in Iran. They came here in the 70s to go to school. um, And they always intended to go back. But while they were here, um, the 1979 revolution happened. That's what brought the Islamic Republic to power, and they could not go home. Um, So I was raised here. I only visited once when I was a baby, and we had a very tough time leaving the country. So we basically never went back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this is a super, you know, general question. And I think a lot of our listeners are are fairly familiar. But can you I just want to start really broadly. Um, You know, can you describe what's happened in Iran since September 16th, when Masa Amin died, or was killed rather? Basically, what started was, um, so Masa Amini was killed, and the whole country erupted into mass protests. And we have seen movements like this in the past. There was a huge movement in 2019, in 2009. Um, But what usually happens is the regime cracks down. You know, they come out, they kill people, they arrest people. um, And that's very scary. So protesters eventually are sort of um, scared back into their homes, and the movement dies. What happened after Massab died was basically the protests were so widespread and so massive um, that the regime could really not snuff it out. Um, There wasn't like one leader that they could arrest and kill the movement. This was a leaderless movement. The leaders were, you know, hundreds of thousands of Iranian women. Um, The protests weren't limited to one city, whereas sometimes in the past, it's one place that kind of erupts. So what we had was basically the entire country being like, no, we don't want you. And um, despite the crackdowns, you know, they've arrested, as, as we all know now, 15,000 people. People continue to protest anyway. And we've never seen that before. We've never mm-hmm. seen this level of bravery and courage where they were like, no matter what happens, like, you can kill me. I will still come out and fight for my freedom because I do not want to live a life under the Islamic Republic anyway. I have like two questions of like, what about this was different? I mean, from my understanding about this is that 
uh, the death of Masa Amin was an intersection of many different issues. It wasn't just about women's mm-hmm. rights. It's also the fact that she was Kurdish and all these other things, but that's what it looks like to me. But I'm curious to yeah. hear what, what about this has is different and like reflective of maybe other international movements too. That's like the million dollar question. Like, why was this one different? Because the people have been against the regime since its inception 43 years ago. Um, I think there were a few factors, like the fact that she was Kurdish and it was just so unbelievably tragic. But the thing is, there have been many, many other people like her who have been executed or murdered, beaten to death. Like, it's it was really not something new. So I don't know if I'll ever be able to really fully know why this was the kind of powder keg moment. I, I think of it a lot like um, BLM in 2020. Mm. You know, police brutality has been a problem for literally ever. Why was it that this one moment that was caught on video was the thing that finally got everyone to wake up? It got the whole world to wake Mm up. Mm. It's just, it's like a form of magic. I don't know. Millie, you Mm -hmm. might be able to speak to that better than me. No. Yeah. I think like, as we say, a lot of these big movements are incited by, it, it just takes the work of everybody protesting for a long time chipping away chipping away and then one thing happens that's so brutally obvious yeah you know where even people can't doubt or 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 cast or try to play devil's advocate and Mm -hmm. they're like this is wrong you know and Mm -hmm. and i think yeah like uh and i'm really curious i mean i know you deleted the question but about your article in deadline uh nicole (laughs) and like yeah you took a really interesting approach to it thank you so deadline was like okay we love how you talk about iran this was so so nice of them um because usually they have like famous people writing (laughs) guest columns (laughs) i'm not famous um and and they gave me this space to kind of really write anything i wanted and i chose to write about our history because i firmly believe this goes for all countries all cultures we cannot understand our present and our future if we don't understand our history like we have all the answers in our own history why don't we ever look to it? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess some people do, but like, I, I, I yeah. feel like maybe I was not as good at looking at history until this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as I was reading your column, it also, you know, it's part of a, it's American history too, because mm-hmm. this country right. played many roles, layers of roles in, in what happened and certain things that have happened and led and led to this moment. As you were talking, you know, I'm, I'm curious if you think the kind of like really strong social media reaction to, you know, the withdrawal in Afghanistan and then the war in Ukraine, do you think seeing how, you know, people kind of did rally and rise to the moment to share information about that might've contributed to Iranians feeling like maybe, maybe people have our back and it will be worth it if this is the time that we really go Mm -hmm. for it? I don't think Iranians in Iran were ever thinking that anyone outside the world would pay attention. Wow. A hundred percent. I think they're absolutely shocked that anyone is paying attention. I think they're quite frankly, even shocked that Iranians outside of Iran are paying attention because like they, the regime has been horrible for so long. Personally, I can't speak to other Iranians. Personally, I gave up hope a long time ago. Like I had to just bury my sadness about Iran so long ago because I was like, how are we ever going to beat these guys? They're so powerful. They're so brutal. And I don't want my people to die for their freedom. Like, I, I feel sad. I feel sad that they have to die for their freedom. I've never wanted to encourage them, you know, mm-hmm. to go and put their lives on the line. Like, who am I to ask them to do that so I can have my country back? Like, mm-hmm. so 
they really, really did not think that this would catch fire. I feel like that just speaks to how brave it is because it's just like, okay, fuck it. You know, not, not, there's no guarantee that people are going to notice or come to our rescue. Mm -hmm. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click gift mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. I think a big question a lot of our audience has is, you know, and you're you're really, really great about speaking to this on social. Why is it challenging to get thorough reporting from Iran on the protests and the reaction? Why does there seem to be such a big gap between the severity of what's, you know, what mainstream US media will report and what's what's actually seems to be happening? Especially this week, you see a big gap between, you know, these this letter that was written about, you know, 15,000 protesters present, potentially looking at, you know, being punished by mm-hmm. death with not a lot of mainstream reporting on that. What is that gap and that delay? Like why why is that? What do we make of that? I think there's a few things happening. The first is like to the credit of the media, I'll give them this. <laughs> this is the only thing I'll give them is yeah. that we don't really have American reporters in Iran. Like it's kind of like North Korea. Like it's yeah. very isolated. The regime yeah. is very much against um free press, like the, the only journalists working really in Iran are regime apologists. So that makes it pretty difficult to get solid journalism out of Iran. Number two, the danger associated with getting information out of Iran is so high. Like all of those sort of blurry videos you're seeing of protests in Iran, someone risks their life to get that video to you. Like the punishment is so severe. They torture people for doing that. Um, and then the bigger reason for me is is just that I kind of think Western media fails the Middle East. Um, I didn't realize this until this moment. It was the first time where I was extremely well-informed on a world news issue independently of what the news was telling me. Mm-hmm. And in this process, I could see how certain media outlets were really failing the story, really getting it wrong. Um, and when I've been, you know, I started posting about this and a lot of people DM'd me being like, yep, same thing happened with Palestine. Yep, same thing happened with BLM. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people said they failed BLM until the movement got so big in 2020 that they couldn't ignore it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like social media has to force their hand into talking about some of these things. You know, they've also failed Myanmar. They have biases just like anyone else. And I think I made the mistake of not being discerning enough with the media. We shouldn't just take it as like the gospel. They're humans. They make errors. But when they make errors and we point them out, they should have the humility to change them instead of digging their heels in deeper to defend it. Well, it's also like 
tied to capitalism too and like (laughs) agendas and all this stuff. So sometimes it's like, what is the biases of the people in charge of the media company and how is that reflective and what benefit do they get? Yeah. I'm curious, is there anything about the protest in Iran that we shouldn't share uh, that are designed to intimidate? Mm. Honestly, I'm so anti-censorship that I'm like, share whatever moves you. I think there's certain voices personally I wouldn't elevate. Um, but I'm not going to tell anyone else kind of not to do that. I just, mm-hmm. I think, um, people should feel comfortable sharing, you know, whatever they want to. That's, that's free speech. As long as it's not, um, hateful or mis, um, misguided, I think, yeah. Yeah. And I think that you sort of like reacted to, you know, questions about the, you know, 15,000 people, uh, protesters potentially being sentenced to death. And I, I, you said you were like, whether I think you said they're capable of this, like whether, <laughs> whether you think this is something that they're just trying to be scary about or not, like they'll, they'll do it. So mm-hmm. I think that's what, um, you know, as you're talking like with, with BLM and with Afghanistan and with certain things around um, Israel and Palestine, it's like a lot of times things will come out and everyone's like, very, be very careful. Don't share too much. And I totally agree with that. But I just feel like we've seen a couple of times where it's like, no, usually there's, there's, it's right. Like, Usually when there's enough anecdotal and enough like historical evidence pointing to why this is probably likely and why like I think that it's enough and it's like I would you'd really rather be part of sharing that now than than wishing than wishing you had Mm -hmm. and I like hope that there are also editors who are feeling that way. Yeah, I think the media kind of has a tendency to cover things once the disaster has happened, but they don't do a great job of ringing the alarm when the disaster is imminent. And I think that's a mistake. I don't know. I mean, yeah, a lot of Ukrainian friends have reached mm-hmm. out to me, you know, sort of like new internet Ukrainian friends have been like, we've been at war with Russia since 2014 yeah. when yeah. he annexed Crimea. Like we only became a world news story this year when the situation got so bad that it was like a full on genocide. Mm-hmm. And that's true. Mm hmm. You are working on a video with us and you and one thing that you said was that, you know, these protests are having an impact. Like they they could really move the needle. What signs do you see that they are, you know, potentially going to have a real impact here? I think that at a certain point, um, the people will shut down the country so entirely that the regime can't survive. Mm-hmm. And when it looks like the people are never going to give up, which it kind of does to me at this point, but when the regime feels like, okay, it looks like the people are not going to give up, they might get scared and they might flee. And we are already seeing some of them flee. And then I think there's a snowball effect where no one wants to be the last one standing. Um, Ultimately, like they want to just have money and live, you know, the way that we live. So I feel like they'll just take their money and run. Some of them won't, but Mm -hmm. right now the people are, um, so this week is the three year anniversary of bloody November, which is when 1500 protesters were killed in three days, which by the way, was never in the New York times, <laughs> never reported on the, Unbelievable. Wow. I tried to find yeah. it yesterday. I couldn't find it. Maybe it's buried yeah. somewhere. I couldn't find it. So this week, Iranians are going like crazy in terms of like strikes, protests, like it's absolute just mayhem. Mm-hmm. They are like rising up so hardcore this week. Um, and one thing that they're doing is they're doing their own sanction of the government. So they're like, don't buy, don't sell, not a Mm. penny gets exchanged. We have to crush this regime financially. Eventually the regime won't be able to survive financially. Like their power comes from money. 
my question or curiosity is what does a victory look like? Yeah, what is that? Good what question. are kind of the ed- end goal? So Khamenei is the dictator. They want him dead or in prison or out of the country. Um, I mean, they say they want him dead, but I think they, I think, I don't know if that'll happen. Right. <laughs> um, um, they don't want the Islamic Republic at all. They don't want to live with a dictatorship. They want a secular democracy, which is what they had before, you know, the U.S. and Britain overthrew their democracy in the 50s. Hmm. So they want to go back to having a democracy where they vote for their leaders. Um, they want human rights. They want women's rights. It's intersectional. They want LGBTQ mm-hmm. rights. Um, they want all ethnicities to be treated the same you know, way, they, which is not the case right now. They, they want to live in the type of country that we live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the again going back to the piece you wrote and why I think it's so important to like familiar familiarize yourself with Iranian history is that there are people that are protesting now who are fighting for something back. Like they they have had the experience mm-hmm. of a secular mm-hmm. democracy and more socially liberal environment. Like as you've seen, like people share share the pictures and mm-hmm. and because of manipulation that was has been has been withheld to them. So I feel like there's a real power in sort of like. It's in, it's just amazing to see the videos. Like it really is everybody. Uh, women are leading yeah. it, but it doesn't. It's just everybody is fucking fearless out there. It's <laughs> yeah. wild. I know. Even the, like the religious cities, I'm like, I yeah. cannot believe what I'm seeing. Like they're like protesting after their Friday prayers. I'm like, wow. what's going on? Wow, wow. <laughs> so, what are some things also that the international community should be doing in response to this? I'm sure there are a lot of things they ought to have done already, but what are what are you <laughs> looking for to show that they're taking it seriously and and on Iranian side here? I think on like a people level, it's just spreading the news um, until the news picks it up. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. They're kind of out to lunch. So in the meantime, like spread awareness because the more people know what's happening inside Iran, the more pressure it puts on the regime. Mm-hmm. They really can't do as much harm to people when they're under a spotlight. Yeah, you can't imagine the country, like our country has let a lot of things slide, but you just can't really imagine killing, slaughtering <laughs> thousands of people like mm-hmm. It's yeah, no. like you were saying, the more it's that crazy. we can draw attention to it, the less the less they're able to do it. If they think, if they think they can get away with it in silence, the, the, like you mm-hmm. said, why wouldn't they'll do it? They're capable of it. Yeah, I mean, other places, literally, it's what happened in Chile in the seventies, and they mm-hmm. will never get a right wing person to you know, like the kind of pendulum has swung the other way, you know, so. It's just not going to fare well. Or I know people online are, spe- mm-hmm. you know, speculating the possibility, but it's like people have done things like this before, and like long term, mm-hmm. it hasn't ended well for them. But in the short term, these people shouldn't lose their lives or be scared to lose their lives. Be- Standing up for a go- you know an oppressive government that they didn't even vote for. I imagine, and I don't know, but it's like the regime's probably really angry right now, and like, oh my god, spiteful. I'm scared. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The thing is, like, I actually don't think it's so different. Like, if Mike Pence had absolute <laughs> 40 years of control, just, like, all that go- power going to his head, or Trump, like, I hate even talking about him, so I said I Mike know, Pence. I know. Yeah, imagine they were, you know, imagine they were in power for 40 years, and they would commit horrible atrocities oh. to the American people, and no one ever wrote about it or made any kind of outcry whatsoever. Imagine how emboldened they would be to do even wow. worse things. Like, I actually do believe Trump is capable of killing 1,500 people yes. who disagree with him. <laughs> when you put it that way, that, yeah, that's he a really would. compelling way. Yeah, totally, totally. 40 <laughs> years left on uh, – fitting today, Mike Pence's uh, biography, So Help Me God, comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to 
read it. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Finally, like you, you said, you know, continue to share, share, share. What are some details that people should continue to uplift? I think it's, you know, that this is women led, that people are putting their lives at risk. Just continue to share that this is happening and that we need to be watching and elevating them. Yeah. And the more they share, the the better chance they have of winning and they are winning. It's not a hopeless situation. Like people actually can make a really, really big impact to help a lot of people have a much better life. Thank you so much for helping us uh, share the right information and share information from somebody who knows it best. We really appreciate your time, Nicole. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. All right. So we just spent a little bit of time talking about some incredibly brave, selfless, historic women, which it stands to reason we must now, we must now cancel that out with an absolutely abominable woman who finally, finally karma has claimed. Carrie Lake has lost the governor's race in Arizona, which means of course, Democrat Katie Hobbs has won. This is just yet another, another unexpected, fabulous headline of this midterm election cycle. Uh, why are you pitting two women against each other? Because <laughs> I'm a terrible, I'm a bad feminist and I hate women actually. True. <laughs> it's just crazy, crazy, phenomenal women. Phenomenal Instead women. Instead of pheno- phenomenal women, abominable women. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just, that's the first thing I thought. Um, dangerous so women to watch. Dangerous women to watch. Now, yeah, what do you think? Is this symbolic of something? Like what's going on? What are what are what are your feelings? I I just feel very great about this because Carrie Lake, this was Arizona changes so much. Like it's crazy that like it seems like it's a blue state now. But their other governor, Doug Ducey, won by quite a lot. Like this this was her seat to lose. This was a really really hard attempt for Katie Hobbs, and people were really doom and gloom about it. Katie Hobbs, like Carrie, like everybody in the state knows who she is. She has kind of that. I don't know if she was trying to go for the John McCain Maverick thing, hmm. but she she like voted for Obama in two thousand eight, and then was a Trump voter. She had like no real principles, and. The fact that she lost is like, frankly, incredibly embarrassing for her. Like, it's 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 not good. It's really she embarrassing. She also doesn't look white. Am I mistaken? 
She looked like she got a little something. Uh, my favorite tweet about her, which this is also not women supporting women, but you know what? If you really support women, no. sometimes you have to come after the bad ones. But Erin yeah, <laughs> Ryan from Hysteria tweeted that she looked like a Summer's Eve model from like 1994. The douching one, right? <laughs> yes. I don't – is she Caucasian? I, I can't – Is she anyway. Caucasian? Well, she grew up in Iowa. Yeah, maybe. Maybe she's an Ariana Grande. She's just tan. She's just Arizona. I think she's just Arizona tan. No, yeah. listen, I – I don't want to live in a world. I mean, that's kind of Republican strategy. I mean, it's, it's the same Herschel Walker strategy of like, put a woman and women will just vote for her and not question her. It's like, no, girl, not every woman. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. There's a th- my favorite tweet is I don't support all women. Some of you bitches are dumb. Yes. And that is <laughs> that is this. You know, if you're against if you're against reproductive justice, if you're ag- then girl. I ain't going to root for you. I'm sorry. No. Uh, but she was one of the more MAGA crazy ones. It's deeply embarrassing. And it just shows how out of touch, and you know, the Trumpism is with the majority of this country. And, you know, I, I see a lot of things, too. This is pretty fucking dark. That, like, the majority of MAGA... A lot of people died. Like a lot of people that died of COVID in Arizona. Yeah, wow. Or MAGA voters. You're not wrong. That's so interesting. I mean, they really did just drop like flies because they refused to. I think on her because she had a news show and on her news show in like April of 2020, I believe. Maybe she might not have already. She might not. No, I think she was still on her news show. If she wasn't, she had. She still had a big presence. She was like, she was saying, you know, COVID misinformation and COVID denial. Like we said yesterday, it's just like a like. Thank God this has been repudiated and like not by a lot, but I was mm-hmm. really ready for plenty of people to be like, we're fine with this. We're just fine with this. We're just fine with this. After last night, you know, the House Democrats, it's really, it's looking even bleaker. I I, I have a hard time saying that Democrats will, will definitely win the House. But, you know, it's still, I, I'm working on a metaphor where like, uh, the it's going to kind of be like a bachelorette party where like Joe Biden's the bride. Mm-hmm. The Senate is the maid of honor. The House of Representatives is like somebody else who thinks they're really important. It's maybe like the, sis- the cu- sister-in-law, the sister, the high school friend. You have to really indulge them. They're going to say a lot of crazy stuff like, hey, maybe we shouldn't like raise the debt ceiling. Maybe we should do like, a- maybe we should dissolve the January 6th committee. And you're just sort of like, okay, Sheila, like do what you're going to do. Some things you can do on your own by yourself and like, we'll get you an Uber and that's fine, but, but we're not going to endorse it. All you're really, all you're in charge of the maid of honor, the Senate is, is executing the bride's plans. You're doing what she wants. You're confirming her judges. You're getting it done. And the house of representatives, you just kind of got to keep a lid on it. Just keep a lid on her, keep her satisfied, make sure she doesn't fucking kill anybody mm-hmm. and we'll be fine. <laughs> Well, it's just also upsetting because Sheila, in this metaphor, <laughs> could have been cool if New York State Fucking got their New shit York. together. She, Sheila wasn't young Republicans at Syracuse. Well, this is just so opposite of every every single like election has been like, okay, well, I'm disappointed for everyone around the country, but at least I feel not safe in, from New York or whatever, mm-hmm. or that like I'm better or that I don't feel worried for people. But I just... Yeah, like there was just like, well, at least we're really passing progressive legislation where I'm at. That This is when people are like, oh, I don't vote locally in New York City. I vote, you know, mm-hmm. back home to affect the vote. It's just like there are plenty of things to vote for here that we actually do need your thing. And it's just 
it's just a crazy feeling of opposite disappointment. <laughs> what? I know. Be the, the safe blue. And so, California. Yeah. There are some in California, too, which, like, that's how it is. I always forget famously that Kevin McCarthy is from California. Kevin McCarthy will address this tomorrow, but I'm not sure what's how it's going to go for him with his House Speaker vote today. I don't think he's going to get it today. I'm not sure if there's, like, a serious challenge. I think he can ultimately get whatever leadership position he's going to go for, probably majority leader. But the most satisfying about all of this is that you know who sort of, like, planted the seed for for Kevin McCarthy not being majority leader. I believe it was none other than Tucker Carlson. Tucker oh, Carlson does not like him. And obviously state media, they are interfering. Let them fight. Let them fight. I, I'm like, there again, now I'm like extremely terminally online, but there's this really <laughs> funny video of these guys arguing in a baseball stadium. And this woman goes and throws something at them and they just start fighting and nobody knows that yes. it's the woman's fault that she's actually the one like none of them threw the punch first if i could do that with republicans <laughs> and uh-huh. watch them fight to the because there's a lot going on we still haven't i'm still not over chris christie versus- that's kind of like isn't that kind of like um the plot of bodies 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 I haven't seen the, the oh. two, what is it? The two hour advertisement for boobs. Yeah. It's basically like something happens and then you find it at the end and then they basically just like spin themselves up and a lot of bad things happen when really if they had just sort of like sat back and really in, investigated and waited, it would have been, but they all, the thing is, the point is, if you've seen this movie, they all, cause they all hate each other. They all fucking mm. hate each other. Mm. Not to say like all Democrats love each other. Probably not. I don't think it's all, you know, roses oh, right now, but, not. but they're not, wh- I'm just seeing things of like MJ, like Miss Marjorie Taylor Greene, MTG, like getting some high positions of power, which is yeah. crazy because she literally got stripped of her positions of power. But again, Republicans love to foster the youth, which whatever. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> right. but you know what? Carrie Lake, not Carrie Lake. Not Carrie Lake. Not today. Carrie Lake. Thank goodness. That is our show. We'll be back tomorrow, of course, until the end of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at betches.com. Batches.